DJ PK, time to talk a little football with Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. So, that one's in the rearview mirror. How healthy are you coming out of that game? Uh, well, that's not going to be a work in progress. It's a bye week, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, the kids come in for the Sunday treatments, and then uh, we get a lot better ideas. They go through the day-to-day. We just finished up the the film review and uh, team meeting to review the game quickly, and then uh, they'll come in at one one forty-five, and I think we'll have a a much better idea as they get the the checkups and things that they need. So, but we've got we got some issues we got to deal with, and um, we'll see. But they'll they'll fight to get back and get ready, and and the young men that are ready to go will jump out on the practice field this afternoon and start to get ready for the next couple. How disappointing was it not to be able to get it in the end zone? Oh, there's a lot of disappointment in that game. Um, you know, disappointing to allow them to do some of the things that they did in a great team. And, you know, we knew walking into that game it was uh, nothing simple, but it's simple by comment, by just talking about what our goals were going through. We knew we were going to have to tackle three, in my opinion, elite running backs, and we didn't do uh, – a good enough job consistently with that to keep them behind the chains. Um, you know, we had an opportunity to jump in the end zone early on a turnover. We were down there basically three times in a position to be able to score points and touchdowns. We scored two field goals and uh, um, threw a pick on the other one, and, and it's just that's not good enough. And, you know, defensively we had huge opportunities on um, longer drives to be able to just drop right in our zone coverages, get a little bit better pass rush. So it goes on and on. You know, that to me, that's not a uh, – the score of the game is the score of the game. It's like I told the kids this morning. We had our opportunities, and I think that they need to learn from that and understand that uh, we should pride ourselves on getting in those moments and playing our tails off and doing what we can to, to uh, you know, represent ourselves well and, and the school well. But, uh, you know, it's disappointing not to score touchdowns. It's disappointing to let them score as many points as they scored. So, uh, you know, special teams is disappointing to not block a punt that could change a game in, in, in our favor in a big way. And, uh, you know, we rough him, and that's a turnover. Uh, so we got to look at all those things and understand we played a great opponent, um, respect that opponent, but know we can definitely get better. Speaking of turnovers, Jordan Love with the interceptions. You've gone back and looked at all of them because I was surprised to look at the stats after the game and see he's thrown more interceptions this year than touchdowns. And the only game he threw more touchdowns than interceptions was Stony Brook. Uh, you've looked at all of those. How many are on him? What can be done to limit those? Well, I think it's. I don't think it's Jordan Love throwing all the picks. It's all of us throwing all the picks, and that's the way I always look at that. Whether it's yeah, there's 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 11 guys out there every single snap, and there's four or five coaches that are coaching the kid at the same time, and so we all have to take a, take a, a look at it and dissect it and uh, work to clean it up. And none of us want that to happen in those positions and those settings, and so we're going to work hard to make it be right. And and Jordan will um, just uh, you know stay tuned. He's going to play extremely well. I think it's very important for him. He knows. Uh, what uh, what he expects out of himself, what his team expects out of him, and his coaches, and every player around him. We got to continue to help him get better. So, it's uh, it is what it is, and we're not going to run from it. We're not going to hide from it. But uh, we're going to work to get better at it, and we will get better at it. All of us, and um, he'll he'll play very well moving forward, in my opinion.
I think that uh, when you look at Utah State, it'll be judged on the success will be on the eight conference games, and then probably the, the BYU game is an interesting game as a, a so-called non-conference game, but we all know about those implications. So with that in mind, how much time do you spend reviewing a game like LSU as opposed to just getting on, and I know you got the bye, and then you got to get Nevada at the end of next week. So do you, how much time do you spend on it as far as comparing it to moving on and getting ready for the next one? Well, you know, first of all, we'll, we'll judge ourselves harder than anybody. We'll judge any uh, on the outside world, and these kids understand that. So we'll put a lot of time into this LSU film um, because we can improve. And uh, we spent an hour on it this morning. Position groups will come back and evaluate it a little bit more today. Yeah, to me, there's no, hey, let's burn that tape and move on, and let's you know throw it in a fire pit or whatever we're going to do. We're not going to do that. We're going to learn from it. We're going to study it. We played against a quality opponent. We need to evaluate it and dissect ourselves as much as we can. So that evaluation will continue for about another half hour probably as we get to the 145 meeting. we still got to watch the special teams and a little bit of offense and defense, and then we'll jump out on the practice field and start preparing uh, for our next two opponents with this bye week. We'll you know, do some preparation on Nevada, and we'll also do some preparation on Air Force. Uh, we're at the time of the year when we're going to spend two days on each one of those guys, and then we'll come back and obviously lock and load on, on Nevada when we get back here um, the first of next week. But we, we have a, an opportunity to, to gain some um, knowledge and some experience on our next two opponents, so we'll do that. But uh, there's, there's, you never lose a chance to learn um, whatever the environment may be. And we can learn a lot of things in this situation. We can learn about ourselves and the adversity that we look at um, and, and get better. Certainly Alabama and Clemson have pulled away from the rest of college football the way they've handled things the last few years. And maybe there's a group of teams that are kind of with them now, Ohio State and Oklahoma. Do you think LSU is of that caliber? Are they a cut or several cuts above most of what you see around college football? I don't know. Um, I think we'll find out, you know, in the next in the next couple of weeks as they go through there. Um, you know, it's uh, it was it was a great environment. Um, I've never been there on the sidelines. Been there in the stands once, but not in the sidelines. And um, they have elite looking football team. And to this point in the year, they've they've played to that elite form. Their scores would say that, and that what they've done on the field would say that. But to say where they're going to sit as they move through. Um, you know, who who knows? Uh, we'll have to see where they go. I thought we uh, held up very well in the line of scrimmages, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which was great to see, and we expected to, quite frankly. And, you know, they, they just made some tremendous plays. You know, the backside, there's a couple big contested balls for deep throws that our kids are right there, and they make some plays, and that's what you do when you're a great team, and they find a way to be a great team at the end of the year. You, uh, you make those plays in critical situations, and, uh, you know, so far they're doing it, and able to win convincingly most weeks. How much are money games worth it to you overall, not just the bottom line financially, but overall for the health of the program? Well, it's, uh, you know, those are discussions that, are, that, in my opinion, need to be deep discussions and they need to be discussed within the whole department and understand you know, where you're going and what are your goals. Um, to me, um, where we are, at Utah State, in this situation, in this setting, we should be working hard to get those games five to eight years in advance um, and hopefully staying on the West Coast is where I would like to stay. You asked me the question, so I'm going to answer it. Sure. I'd like to stay on the West Coast. Um, 
as much as we can, and I'd like to get what we have with Washington State, as many ones and ones as we can. You come to us, we'll come to you. Those games are out there. They're very difficult to find, and you have to think way ahead of the game. You can't just be thinking two or three or four years in advance. It probably needs to be five to eight years in advance, and you need to be creative. And it's very difficult to do. Um, you know, this game, middle of the year, it's a tough, tough, tough spot. I don't know how it was scheduled, why it was scheduled, or the timing of the schedule, um, but it's a tough one. There's no way you can look at it and say uh, that's that's where you would like it to be because it's in a it's in a very difficult place and a very difficult time, um, and you know, happen to be this year just an extremely difficult opponent. So it is what it is. The schedule's there. There's no excuses for it. We're not sitting here saying, oh, we wish we wouldn't have played them. I'm glad we did. I think we learned a lot from it. I think our kids were in that moment, um, the ones that were prepared, were prepared and deserved to be in that moment and felt to be in that moment, I think played very, very well. And I'm sure some young guys looked at it and uh, said, holy cow, and, and adjusted to it and, and uh, played how they played in that game. So there's a lot of positives that come with it. But a scheduling theory to me is we are Utah State. We are in the Mountain West. If you don't want to come to us, then we shouldn't come to you. Um, and I don't know what that means in the big budget. I don't know if that's, oh, my goodness, there's no way we can do that because we have to have this game for the money or we're chasing this much money or there's a ground figure saying we need this much money for that game. I don't know that. But that's me as the football coach speaking. And, and I know there's a lot of coaches in the Mountain West that feel the same way. Um, and I've had conversations with them. But oh, ideally for your football team, you would like to say, if you want to come here and play, you will come there and play you. Um, some teams do that a lot. You know, I mean, San Diego State seems to get that done quite frequently. Boise seems to get that done quite frequently. And when Boise does go, usually they're going to go play somebody in a neutral side or whatever it is. And I know they're Boise, and they have that name over the years. Florida State this year was an example. That was a neutral site they were going to go play at. didn't end up being, but it was scheduled to be. So uh, that's how I see it, you know. Um, but you need a plan, and you need to jump on that plan. And to get it that way, if that is your plan, um, which that's not my decision to make those plans. That's other other decisions are made down those lines. I'd like to be involved in it, and five to eight years in advance to help this program for a long time to come, not uh, not just the time that uh, you know we're going to be here. Yeah, from the San Diego State perspective, I think they catch a break there because people want to recruit Southern California, and it's another way to you know make your program a little more visible down there. Do you think that for your program, getting it into the opening week or two of the season, so it's not in the conference season, and you know, I, I mean, I know you don't want to talk about C.O.C. Mariner's health probably specifically, but everybody sees him go down. I'm sure Aggie fans are thinking, "Oh, great." Yeah. Yeah, and but this is the first time, to my knowledge, it's been like this. It was gonna, you know, just be, and again, why this game was scheduled at this point, I have no idea. I've never asked the question, nor do I feel the need to ask the question on why we scheduled this game this time of the year in that setting. It it, it is it, it it is what it is, and it was scheduled when it was scheduled. But yes, I mean, you would rather play these games at the first of the year. Um, and right out of the gate. The teams are unfamiliar with each other. Everything's different. Teams are not the same team. Teams they are game one, in my opinion, as they are game four and game five. They're just not. They're not the same football team. They haven't played together They're in a game for the first time. There's a lot of things that go into that. And But but then again, it, it, you got to look at it and say, okay, what is your ultimate goal? Is, is we have to have we have to have this check. Okay, if that's, if that's what we have to do, then let's say we have to have this check and understand where we're at and, and you know that the expectations for your season at that point and your program is a little it's a little different in my opinion so we, you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too in those spots and those settings and you know you got to have a football program you got to have all the program football program needs to support the athletic program um, as a whole and that is part of the drill um, but the opportunity for us to have it early 
and that's been like that every time. So again, this seems to be a unique scenario. Was it ideal? No, I don't think anybody would say it was ideal, but it doesn't mean that it changed how we prepared, how we wanted to go play the game, and what our expectations were when we played the game. With the early signing period now, I think you're, what, you're in your second or third year uh, as far as that goes, and what's it in December as opposed to you still have the one in February, but you've, the NCAA added this one. My thought to you is how important now is the in-season recruiting, particularly with this bye week, with that early signing period being what it is as opposed to pushing it back and waiting till February? Oh, I like both signing periods. You know, quite honestly, I like the early signing period for our opponents much more than I like the early signing period for us, to be quite honest. Um, if we're going to sign a young man in the early signing period, he has to be just a 100% absolute, hey, this guy is a difference maker. Because um, there's a lot of really good football players that don't sign early for a lot of different reasons. Some Sometimes overlooked, sometimes under-recruited, sometimes uh, because they don't want to sign yet, sometimes because they're still confused. The list goes on. And so we we like both signing periods. Um, I think they're both going to help us in a big way. Now, this year we're very different. Right now we have, you know, uh, five initials left. There's six and maybe six initials left as we go through there. So this signing class is going to be extremely small for us. And uh, that would include hopefully three or four missionaries on top of that and maybe a couple, three or four push forwards on that. But this class is going to be very, very small, so it's it's important when we do evaluate that we're evaluating what we see as definite needs. And then when you put the transfer situation in on there, we will recruit transfers, um, and we'll be aggressive recruiting transfers. And because uh, it's like the JC situation, you have to really educate yourself on transfers just like you do um, on junior college kids, often more so than you do on high school kids because their story is different, and you have to make sure that they're a fit for us and a fit for Cash Valley. So both signing, signing periods are very important for us. I don't put a higher value on one than the other. How much negative recruiting do you face? That's way out of the way. You won't be comfortable there, especially with African-American kids. You're not going to be comfortable in Utah. Has that kind of, I don't know, faded or you've kind of been able to change that narrative or is that something you have to battle all the time? No, I think it's, it's changed dramatically over the years, um, and there's there's always some you know a bit of negative recruiting, and I I think that to me negative recruiting is when somebody's really taking a shot at a coach or really taking a shot of a culture, or you know the the fact that uh, you know you they you tell the story of who or what that school is that you're recruiting against or what kind of offense they run or whatever it may be. Some of those things that people deem as negative recruiting to me is not negative recruiting. That's actually educating. Um, the kid that you want in your program and why this is a good place for him to be. Um, but as far as the social structure and things like that, that would be negative recruiting to me. Uh, we can overcome that very quickly when, when we get a young man or we can get a difference maker, whether that be a parent, grandma, grandpa, coach, uh, mentor, whatever it may be out here on a trip with them and they, they see Cash Valley, they see the university, they understand the quality of life here and, and what it brings for the kids to be able to uh, be focused on school, be focused on their social life and you know, be focused on their athletic life. So it's a good spot for them to do that. But getting on campus usually takes away any of that negativity. Um, But we also do deem ourselves as a very special fit here. Um, Utah State is a special fit. There's lots of places in the country that uh, are a much different feel than we are. But we love our feel, and that's what we're going to recruit to. So um, if if you don't like it when you walk in here and you're here for 48 hours, then you're probably not going to like it when you're here for six months or five years or whatever it may be. So probably need to find a different place. 
He's Gary Anderson. He's the head coach at Utah State, and he's got a bye week, so he might be at a high school game near you. Keep your eye on him. <laughs> Gary, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Okay, appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful week. Go Aggies.